This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Earlier in the week, the gang over at AT Banter podcast did a wonderful interview with uh, Virginia Valida, uh, Valida from uh, AMI here, talking from our you know communications marketing department on our digital strategy and everything. Uh, we had Virginia on the show talking about AMI Plus, and that's something you should check out, folks. If you want content on demand, check out our AMI Plus site. Everything's there for you that you could ever want for AMI TV, uh, audio, and tele content. Really a great place to go. Uh, these guys were really impressed and we thank them for the time that they they gave the subject and AMI Plus uh, Virginia did a tremendous interview uh, with those guys but uh, it reminded me gosh we, we don't say enough about it over here on the program sometimes to remind you that it's there. That's AMI Plus. Grant Hardy with Kelly McDonald. Those marketing and tech people are working hard behind the scenes to put this together. Oh man yeah. <laughs> Speaking of tech Part of our Friday vibes here is we get to talk tech with John Bueller for our weekly app update. Hi, I'm John Bueller, technology expert from Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramia where I share the latest app, mobile and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security. We'll cover the gamut. Hey, John, welcome to the program and happy Friday as always. Happy Friday. Uh, we have some really super interesting stuff to talk about. So let's just dive in, starting with Mozilla. Mozilla apparently, they have a new subscription that can help scrub personal info from data broker sites. Yeah. So one of the things that we've talked about before is these um, the, these databases that live on the dark web. And these are basically anytime there's a security breach or hackers get into some system that they shouldn't be in, they compile a huge list of people's credentials, people's addresses, all kinds of different information. And then what they do is they sell this on essentially the dark web version of eBay. And um, so there's a bunch of data brokers that live in these spaces and they buy and sell huge databases of personal information. And so what Mozilla has done is they've partnered with a company and for about 10 bucks a month, um, you can actually have a monitoring service that will look for and uh, notify you if it discovers anything with your information in these uh, databases. And then it'll also help well, first of all, it'll try to re get it removed. So, you know, basically there's a lot of different ways that these services use um, sort of uh, requests for removal and, and other types of things to get this stuff off the dark web. And it doesn't always work, unfortunately, uh, because once these databases are out there, you know, that email list from 10 years ago is going to live on forever. Um, mm -hmm. But they will also try to help you uh, get it removed manually yourself as well. Wow. That's phenomenal. Um, when you think about these companies, John, because we're so programmed, as we've talked numerous times, to be a bit doubtful. Um, like you said, they can't do it all the time. But how much work, in your opinion, is it for these companies to keep a step ahead of these people who thrive out there on the dark web? Stealing. 
I, I, I don't see how they can actually stay ahead. Um, mm. it, it, it's it's whack-a-mole. I mean, you you deal with one or two of these brokers and 10 will pop up in their place uh, because the, the nature of digital information is just super easy to move around the internet and hide it in dark places. And so um, it's it can be very challenging to uh, fix one of these wrongs, if you will. Yeah, it's hmm. kind of what I'm wondering when you think of the dark web. I don't picture it as a place where you just email the webmaster and hello, we would like this information yeah. taken down. On the other hand, it does seem like it would be a good idea to at least have that awareness without maybe having to use the sketchy dark web yourself to try and find it. Yeah, one of the things that Mozilla highlights is the fact that there is other services that do this, um, but just finding a legitimate one can be a challenge. That's it. And, and yeah. so they've partnered with a legitimate one, and you actually can go to Mozilla's website and get a free scan to see what it comes back with. So it gives you an idea of what you're looking at. Um, although, you know, the process of doing that is to share some information with Mozilla, which, you know, I don't think is a sketchy organization and all exactly. so um, it's relatively safe to do that and they're just basically looking to see if there's any matches through their copies of the yeah. dark web information that they have what's scary is what you said earlier john stuff that could go back 10 years uh, like whether it be an address book or what it might be that you don't you haven't even thought of don't even use isn't even is a sheer sheer whatever of what you use now just a, a shadow of but it floats around or or potentially or was captured at some point via something else um and and again some of that we had so less protection and security then it's fair game and it's 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 that kind of thing you have to stop and say you know, even a protection like this probably can't find or scour for something like that uh, or or even do something with it if they were to find it. Yeah, because not all, not all of these uh, organizations are going to willingly comply with the takedown requests. So. No, no, exactly. Oh, so in your second item today... Uh, Meta will uh, AI generate... Meta will... Let me try to say it right. Will... AI-generated content from OpenAI and Google uh, uh, on Facebook and um, Instagram. It's the yeah, so label generating, right? Like we try to make sure I include that in that. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're basically um, trying to stop the flow of uh, basically deep fakes and everything else um, by looking at any content that's being uploaded to their platforms. Um, and there's a number of ways that uh, they can detect whether this was AI generated or not. Um, there mm. is some hidden slash invisible watermarks that some of these tools are now embedding into their generation uh, of content. And this is something that you, you can't see it. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just hidden bits of code in there. And I'm sure someone will figure out a way to figure it out. But for now, Meta will flag and put a label on, you know, suspected AI generated content, anything that their tools use uh, to create the content will have a, a, a visible watermark as well. So that ah. it will say generated. Um, and a lot of, it sounds like a lot of the other um, partners like OpenAI and company, they're all going to be sort of embracing this as well to, to deal with this. The problem with the visible watermark is it's easily cropped out. You can even use AI to delete it. So mm -hmm. um but the the invisible watermarks are the 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 thing that I think are going to be a little bit harder to find because essentially they're an encrypted watermark that's not visible. You need a very specific tool for that specific type of watermark to find. So 
I think this is going to be a good thing overall, especially coming into multiple countries' election years cycles. Yes, happening. yes. I, yeah. I'm, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask for your opinion. It's something that I have a little bit of a, a vendetta against. I mean, forgetting deep fakes even, just people literally like running questions and info through ai and posting the output as if it's kind of their own it's it's something that i can kind of notice sometimes you know it looks a little robotic and it just drives me nuts and that's always what i've said is like i don't want to even ban it i just want to know where it's coming from is that reasonable or do i just have to accept that you know it's like autocorrect where we're just in a world where ai is part of the social convention like where do you stand on this I, I think you've just nailed it. Like it, basically you have to sort of get used to this. Um, these uh, watermarkings and things like that, they don't work on text. This is strictly for image generated images, AI content. So, and that's mm. the problem. Like there's, it's so easy to put my name on top of something that I didn't say that AI said I said, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's unstoppable. Um, yeah. But you also, I think, Grant, you sort of hit on that, the fact that you can kind of tell when some people talk in a weird way or they use big words when they're not known for using big words, like those kinds of things, like just little mm. tells almost in the- in That the, little in out the, of place yeah. stuff, whether you know or not, there's sometimes still the telltale of something that's out of place, a word usage. Doesn't yeah. feel right. Yeah. This is something that teachers deal with all the time because their students yeah. plagiarize it from a book, the internet, and now AI can write it for them. And they'll know that that's not their student's work because they've talked with the student and they know they don't talk like that unless they had a lot of help from their parents or something like that. But right. this is the kind of the, the world we live in. <laughs> yeah. I can see images being a really great place to start because at least we're not going to have, hopefully, you know, unless you say people bypass it, but we're not going to have, you know, incredibly fake sort of news with weird images that make you think that some celebrity has been, you know, arrested or whatever, some kind of weird deep fake. So that, that kind of makes me feel good on, on a Friday, knowing that we're, at least tackling that component. Do we have a timeline for like, is this rolling out now or uh, how? I how believe are we it is rolling out now. It may not be prevalent on everything that you see, but event like very soon you're going to start to see this label appearing on stuff, uh, at least on Meta's properties and probably other properties as well. If they um, they want to be considered a trustworthy source. And they have to always react quickly because of what's said out there. Plus, you want to get that, you know, 20 minutes ahead of, of anyone who's going to defeat what you're doing out there yeah. for protection. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about, believe it or not, this it, this also intrigues me a lot. Um, <laughs> Google's latest AI Speaking video, of deep fakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, literally, I've been telling people, like, Everyone is talking about generating, you know, inappropriate what photos, whatever. All I want is to generate a weird picture of like an animal, you know, playing chess or something against another animal just for fun <laughs> to show to people and get a laugh. So apparently Google's latest AI video generator can render cute animals in implausible situations. 
that's just the start of it too. And uh, what's really interesting about this space, Grant, is the fact that up until now, a lot of uh, AI-generated video has basically been a very painstaking process because think about what has to happen to generate just one uh, one image with a prompt. You basically mm -hmm. are getting the AI to generate multiple frames of the same kind of thing to then generate a and create a video, uh, you know, essentially a stop motion video, if, if for lack of a better term. And um, but what Google has figured out with their Lumiere research um, is they can actually generate uh, not just the image itself, but where the where the objects in that image are in time. So they can basically. Uh, figure out, well, in three frames, that person's going to be walking and their left leg will be slightly further ahead. So we can actually create those frames for you. And uh, right now it's still very low resolution. Um, it's fairly small images, but it's it's it seems to be like a very promising, if not scary future for some of these video like um, clips. And some of these videos are, are truly crazy like having you know cats playing the piano and a panda <laughs> driving a car and an elephant underwater walking around you know those kinds of things um that would be very impossible to do any other way and basically with one prompt you can do that the other really interesting thing with this particular technology is because of the way they've trained their models, you can actually take an existing video. And so, for example, I'm wearing a blue shirt right now. You can basically just highlight the blue shirt in the video and make it out of Lego or out of flowers oh, or change it to wow. a green shirt or like all those things in real time in a video format. Wow. Just as it's as it's working. See, and it's interesting because you say stuff like that, and you think, "Wow!" If and I know when we were planning our Christmas show, you get thinking, "How much? How can we do animation? How could we bring something in here without having to hire someone to do it at a fortune?" And you just talk about stuff like this, and you say, "Well, hold! If you have some idea and a story, you could almost and and know you can create your own, especially with a tool like this, John." Yeah. Well, and this is what Google is. I mean, this is the. Um, I guess the nice goal of this technology is it's yes, to empower yes. people to be creative without having to learn how to use a 3D modeling software package or an animation package and become a good illustrator and all these other things. Right. Uh, so essentially, this gives people the ability to create those things that they have in their mind uh, very quickly and very easily. Uh, so it's exciting exactly. on that part. But then if you just contrast it to our last segment, it was just like, yeah. well, People are going to misuse this. And actually at the bottom of their, um, I'm going to just call it up here if I can find it. Um, at the bottom of their their um, research paper, they say, you know, this is cool technology, but it's kind of dangerous and people are going yeah. to misuse it. Don't, don't misuse it. Exactly. And that's so funny as we're going through this discussion. I'm so conflicted. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is really cool. I don't know. I guess this is something that we all just kind of have to learn as we embrace AI. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but it's always great to talk tech with you, man. And uh, I know you'll be back on next Friday. We'll see you then. Thanks, John. John Bueller, as mentioned, we'll be back next Friday for more cool apps and tech on the weekly app update. Hey, man, there's some good news coming up on the buzz today. Could there be a cure for hearing loss? Gene therapies are getting closer. Beth Deer, she's here. She'll tell us more next on the buzz. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv.
Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.